And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy The Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Red alert! All hands to battle stations! Engage! Captain Picard is a pain, isn't he? Interesting. No redeeming qualities. I think you should be destroyed. The great Captain Picard of Starfleet falls to Earth. Go back. Thou shalt most certainly die. Protect yourself, Captain, within destroying. We are dangerous. What can I offer except myself? Can we test it down to it, please? Get us out of orbit! One minute to auto-destruct. No! Welcome to Star Trek Monthly Monday, number 53. This is the Next Generation edition, and we are now just sinking our teeth into the third season. <laughs> um, I'm Chris Honeywell, and I'm here with my business buddy, Scott Gardner. Addy. <laughs> oh, <laughs> switching it up. <laughs> I gotta do something. I guess, yeah. <laughs> oh, let's see. Whoa, I just read something interesting here. All right, I'll have to save that for when we get into the episode. Probably, I was looking over the, uh, you know, the episode that we're about to do here. Really, only has beyond the the next gen cast. There's only two other uh, people in the episode. You know, two. Uh, uh, guest stars in the thing, so I was looking at the credits for uh, the guy that plays uh, Mr. Uxbridge here, just to, to see what other things he'd been in, and I just made a startling discovery about one of them. He's so a I familiar think that's face, cool. but I couldn't pinpoint him. Well, according, there's, he's, I mean, he's been in a million things according to this uh, biography here I'm looking at, but the thing that had jumped out at me originally was that in addition to being in a bunch of Twilight Zone episodes, he was the used car salesman that sells Marion Crane her car in Psycho, which I thought was pretty cool. 
But then I'm looking here and it says, what jumped out to me, of course, was the word Epcot jumped out at me in his biography. And it says here that he's the uncredited voice of Mark Twain in the American Adventure at Epcot. That's pretty cool. That's pretty I did cool. not know yeah. that. Because I thought that Mark Twain in that show was the same guy that plays Mark Twain in um, in a Next Gen episode. Um Time Zero, I think, is the name of it. For some reason, I thought it was that guy. Because um, I, I guess he's actually like a famous like Mark Twain impersonator or something. I don't know. I'll have there's to... probably a few of them. I mean, there's that, that play, so there's probably people doing that play all over the place. Right. Yeah. I mean, I could be wrong about my facts, but I thought I had read that before. I mean, that most that famously, guy... wasn't it Robards? It was like, I think Robards played Mark Twain in that for oh, really? years and years and years yeah which one is this i can it, it's it's basically a big monologue by mark twain i cannot oh okay but, yeah yeah i know what you're talking yeah i i don't know the name of it either but i do know what you're talking about but cool well we'll go ahead and we'll dive right into this one we do not have a comic for this time so i'll jump right in this one is called uh season three episode called the survivors Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation, the crew discovers the sole survivors of an alien massacre. The attacking force prepared you for some reason. They're guarding a dark secret. A mystery that's destroying Troy's brain. A threat that's attacking the Enterprise. Commence rapid fire with all weapons on full. On Star Trek The Next Generation. Yep, and not the ones who wrote Eye of the Tiger either, thank God. <laughs> oh, please don't put that music underneath. In no, I music. hate that song, don't worry. I do hate that song. Okay, so the Enterprise responds to a distress call from the colony on Rana 4, uh, reportedly under attack. By the time the Enterprise arrives, the inhabitants of the planet are dead. All except two! Riker and his away team find an older couple named Kevin and Rashawn Uxbridge, but no explanation of who attacked the, uh, the planet or why these two survived. A short time later, an alien warship arrives, fires on the Enterprise, and then retreats. When the Enterprise tries to pursue, the warship outruns the Enterprise. Picard then orders the Enterprise back to the planet. This time, he and Worf visit the couple uh, on the planet. When they return to the ship, the warship reappears more powerful than before. With its increased weaponry, the alien warship forces the Enterprise to retreat. After an hour, the Enterprise flies right back to the planet to find the warship gone. Acting on a hunch, and I want to stress that, acting on a hunch. Picard beams down to the planet and informs the Uxbridges that the Enterprise will remain in orbit as long as they are alive. As expected, the alien warship reappears. This time, however, it destroys the Uxbridge's home and the couple with it. For the next three hours, Picard and the Enterprise wait in orbit. Suddenly, the couple and their house reappear on the planet. Picard beams them to the Enterprise and uncovers the truth. Kevin Uxbridge is a Dowd, an eternal being with great powers. More than 50 years ago, he set aside his powers when he met Rashawn and fell in love. A few days before, the <laughs> a few days before the Husnack, 
Uh, it sounds like something you'd bring to a picnic, doesn't it? Sounds like it's, it's a God bless you afterwards. <laughs> a race of hideous intelligence. What the hell is hideous intelligence, anyway? I guess I could be described as I hideous I was just going to say, man, I'll tell you all about it. <laughs> <laughs> a race of hideous intelligence attacked Rana 4. Kevin tried to use his powers to chase the Husnack away, but... <laughs> Chasing the husnack away. <laughs> I've been chasing my husnack away to you, Space babe. Space Excedrin chases the husnack away. <laughs> I can't even make it. Through a the snack goddamn. that you can't eat just one. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, I can't even read. <laughs> Our laughter will become even more horrible when we hear the fate of the hot snack. Okay. Uh, pull it together. Um, 50 billion hot snack can't be wrong. <laughs> uh, so Kevin tried to use his powers to chase the hot snack away, but his actions only angered him. <laughs> Go on, get out of here, you husnack! (laughs) Get off my lawn! Uh, When they obliterated the colony and killed his wife. (laughs) This is supposed to be sad. Uh, Kevin went insane with rage and killed killed all the husnack. (laughs) Everywhere. I killed them. All of them. (laughs) His shame for this uh, deed <clears throat> caused him to try to trick the Enterprise into leaving. With no law to judge Kevin by, Picard lets him return to the planet and recreate his house and wife. Oh, man. My throat hurts now. <clears throat> I like this episode. This I like episode. this one a lot. You know, it's it's really funny. The, the, the main note that I had for this one was I was going to say that uh, th- this is the kind of Star Trek I like because I like my Star Trek where it's a lot of fun, it's a little cheesy, and it has a great Twilight zone ending. Yeah. And that's before I knew that this guy actually was a veteran of the Twilight Zone, so I think that's actually pretty cool because it definitely does have a, a good twist Twilight Zone-style ending. This, I-, I can see why you like this one. A, Picard grows a pair... <laughs> in it, and uh, through ninety percent of the episode, you get to see Troy mentally tortured for once. <laughs> Which they didn't really mention that in the synopsis. No, no, they they completely skipped that fact. Actually, that's uh, that's a that's a good solid bit of the episode. One of is, the most it's... interesting part. I love the scene where Data's down there looking at the mu- music box. And you hear the music, and it gets all creepy, and then you see her hearing the music, too. Mm-hmm. And that's a great scene, because Data's looking at the little mechanical people dancing, and he's musing on himself. He's going, look, yep. it's me. You yep. know, without a word said. You know, it was all communicated without a word being said. And uh, at the same time, it's a, it, that is a great little bit of foreshadowing, especially since we see him dancing with his wife later on just before we find out that she's not real you know that 
it, it, it was just a very nicely written episode, you know? I... That... Yeah. That, it does beg the question, though, that if she's not real, then what was there for the Enterprise to lock onto and beam up to the ship? Because he could create mass. He, he didn't just create, like, a, she wasn't like a holodeck. She was, she was real. You know, that ship was real. He was creating, he wasn't just creating, you know, uh, a vision of something. He was creating the real thing. As with the house and everything like that. So she was a real person. She was, she was who she was, really. Hmm. As much as she could be, you know, she was as, as much real as he could make her. You know what I mean? Right. I don't think he could discover. I don't think she could tell him maybe a story that she'd never told him before or something like that. You know. Right. But I think she was. I think she was real. I think that's why Picard didn't mess with the guy because it's like, well, he's already a little mentally ill, and he's, <laughs> you know, I mean, he's bordering on Q, you know. There's a lot of those bumping around uh, the Star Trek universe. A lot of those godlike races. This is a good one, though. I, I, I really do enjoy this episode yeah, I, a lot. I think this guy is the biggest murderer in all of Star Trek, at least individual-wise. You know, maybe the Borg and the Klingons, you know, body count. But this guy took out 50 billion people, Anakin Skywalker style. Mm-hmm. You know, in a, in a flip-out. So you said, that, <laughs> you said that Picard grows a pair, but... I don't know. Does he so much grow a pair or relative to him? He does in the very beginning of this. It's very, it's very interesting because there's just a change of tone. Like at the very beginning when they, when they size up the situation and then when the enemy ship shows up, this is an enemy ship that supposedly wiped out this whole world. They Picard doesn't Picard does not get very alarmed up on the, you know, he doesn't instantly surrender. He's he's pretty confident and ready for ready to scrap. They all are, but it's more surprising coming from Picard. He ju and he's just more you know, it, like you you were saying earlier and stressing um, his intuition. He he fi he thinks he, he's it's it, you know it's funny is a lot of these uh, Star Trek episodes are kind of like Sherlock Holmes episodes with him as Holmes and you know variations on number one and data being watson but this one was like he had it he had it figured out but he wasn't sure so he had to manipulate the situation until you know he played his hand and he could figure out for sure what was going on but he doesn't pussyfoot around with it you know he he acts on it without much hesitation and it's just weird it's like this mirror picard because he comes in he turns the table on on um I love this scene too. On uh, Troy, he comes in and starts, you know, quizzing her about her feelings and doing what she usually does. You know, she's sitting there like at, at her worst moment, and he comes in, he's like, We have to talk. <laughs> and I was just like, Yes. <laughs> but I felt sorry for her because music boxes that play creepy music always sort of do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it had played the tune from uh, The Changeling. I, I like that tune a lot better. That one's really creepy. Well, on the Vault of Startling Monster Horror Tales of Terror, we've been doing a lot of Italian movies, which always have creepy little kids, so it always has creepy 
we've been listening to a lot of la 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 type of music lately with music boxes in the background so that's what this totally brought me into <laughs> and hey imagine this a star trek episode with space pacifists in it <sighs> i hate space pacifists <laughs> yeah well they don't come out too well in this one <laughs> Technically, he's not much of a... Uh, m- most space pacifists don't kill 50 billion people or his snacks, whatever they are. I just picture the cutest, cuddliest little creatures. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, you know, I, I hate to say it. I don't really have much more on this one. Um, this is another one. I, I downloaded uh-huh. uh, High Def, one of the re- you know the ones they re-dandied re- up for Blu-ray. Oh, are they? They're out there to to see now. I guess so. I didn't realize they had done this season. I thought they. I thought they only had just the first, first one or two seasons. Maybe it's not. However, it is. It looks damn good. It looks really gussied up. Oh, okay. Because the one I I watched didn't. It it looked. It actually. That's why I said uh, cheesy earlier. Is that uh, a lot of the the video effects in this particular one really jumped out, like the the scene with the big battleship and all that. I thought it looked really crappy. This one looked. And, mine was crystal clear, hmm. and uh, to and there were a couple points where, like, when they were in the meeting room, and you can see space out the weird space that doesn't move outside of even though they're orbiting the planet. <laughs> But, like, there's a tracking shot, and you can see the seam in the painted space wall in the back, you know, where the two pieces of wall that with the space painted on them were were connected together. It was sort of like I saw somebody pointed out, like, I guess in Superman the movie now, and the Blu-ray when Krypton explodes, you can see, like, cloth. Oh, really? Around, yeah, like around the planet, you know, where they had cloth on the stage to sort of drape around so you didn't see the floor. Wow. And so on Blu-ray, you can sort of see that cloth get lit up. It was the same sort of same sort of effect when Krypton. Krypton. Huh. Yeah, see, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit leery about getting certain movies in Blu-ray. Just because you can see so much more detail and everything, and there, there's certain ones that I, I just I, I don't want to be able to see behind the the curtain. You know what I mean? To see see the the magic behind the the movie. Well, I had a theory today. I was in a uh, in a music store today with my my roommate was picking up a record that she had on order there, and. Uh, we're looking around, and I'm noticing a lot of the new records they put out. There was a new Neil Young record out on vinyl, and the new David Bowie record on vinyl, and some of the new bands have been putting their records out on vinyl. And then I realized, if I'm buying music nowadays, I pretty much only buy it on vinyl, because why do I want a CD when the digital world exists? Why do I want to put it on a CD when I could just you know buy it from i to you know get, there's digital copies of it that don't right. take up any space and i think the same thing is going to happen with movies and whereas like the blu-ray copy of it i just don't i don't i don't buy into i have no interest in buying a blu-ray player 
or anything like that because I know at the speed things are going, it's only going to be a couple years, if that, before all that, you know, Blu-ray streaming is just, you know, nothing. So anytime you want to watch any movie on Blu-ray, you just dial it up from, you know, Netflix or some such company. So why have it? Why have it sitting in your house and uh, taking up space on your shelf when you can just watch it anyway, anytime on demand? So uh, so I think people are going to end the ones that the people are going to keep on their shelves are like their old copy of Superman, the movie that looks the way they like it, you know? And if they want to see the super high definition version, oh, they'll watch it on Netflix one day, you know, with the kids or something. But I have a feeling the the physical hard copy of digital media is not long for this world. Especially since I see in these stores they're selling more used vinyl than they are used CDs. Nobody wants used CDs. They're choking the garage sales that I go to. Yeah. And now the not in Star Trek land. Next Generation and the original series, you know, all I see are people trying to get rid of their VHS copies of Star Trek. Mm-hmm. That, you know, I mean, back in the day, you wanted the original series, you had to have 70, you know, 70 some um, VCR boxes. And they put them in those big old boxes that gate folded open and stuff and made them all fancy. And so you had to have like shelf space and god i can only imagine what the next generation looked like on vhs the full run of that how there's like what 177 episodes or something like that something like that seven seasons yeah yeah well i know that when i moved down here uh to to florida from georgia you know we rented uh the very largest truck that there was and uh you know it was just short of a tractor trailer essentially mm-hmm. and uh that's how i'm yeah, gonna have even to yeah and it, it was just nuts i mean it was the largest thing that i probably could have driven i probably could drive a tractor trailer but i don't know that i'd want to do that for you know for a state you know uh-huh. that's that's a little far so it was this massive, massive truck. And I mean, we had to have the whole house in it. We could only do one trip, you know, so it had to be, you know, the whole house had to be in it and we had to get down here. And that's, you know, that's everything, you know, that's beds, TVs, entertainment centers, Top all my comics, and cat and kids. Yeah, everything. So, you know, we had that thing jam packed and unfortunately some stuff, you know, had to get called and it absolutely killed me to do it. But, uh, that meant all of my, uh, Star Trek VHS, you know, because of course by that point, I had them all digitally, you know. So I had all these old, you know, TOS and and Next Gen episodes and everything on on VHS and uh, and just about all my old cassette tapes, because again, you know, you talk about CDs, nobody wants cassette tapes. No. So the only ones that I kept were the ones that still, for some whatever reason, had not made the transition to CD yet which was only a handful of them. But it killed me because, I mean, at one time, uh, you know, some of those cassettes, you know, had had value to them. Now they were worthless. Nobody wants them. Same thing with CDs. For a while, you know, there were 
there was such a thing as C, you know rare CDs that would fetch hundreds of dollars yep. and stuff. And today they're they're practically worthless because you go on Nobody to cares. Yep. you know Soul Seek or whatever, and they're all out there for free. So mm -hmm. it's like wow, yeah, it, it's 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 different. It does. It changes every couple of years. And, you know the DVDs are the thing now. Nobody wants DVDs if they're not Blu-ray. They're, they're, the DVDs Here's, are starting to go the yeah. way of, of VHS. You can pick Unless DVD Unless it's a DVD that you do, hasn't come out on Blu-ray yet. Hasn't made the, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hasn't made the transition, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah, I, I go to, like... Mm -hmm. There's still stuff that, like, I think Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman still sells for good money on VHS because they haven't secured the right... There's, like, stuff... If you can find the stuff now that's in, like, copyright limbo... You know, to where somebody's holding up for some reason the release. The Monster of it. Squad was like that for the longest time. I used to make a fortune on that movie. Every time I would slap one up on eBay, mm -hmm. I'd make a fortune on that movie. And then they finally put it out on DVD, and that put them. Who cares? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that movie was worth a lot because it was one of those Vestron videos back yep. in the '80s. And then when yep. Vestron folded, it it snafu'd the rights and and nobody could put it out on vhs so it was in you know limbo hell for a long long time and i, I remember scouring they... scouring secondhand stores for vestron videos back in the day yep yep they used to they used to fetch well, a pretty penny but i well, think they've they all come out yeah. then but now do you regret not having all those vhs and you'd just be stumbling over them you know no, i got nowhere i got nowhere for them i mean the exactly. ones that i i did save or or now they're just in a closet clogging up space you know because I, I mean i kept a lot of you know because i still have a lot of old vhs i just couldn't bring myself to part with for whatever reason you know a lot of stuff that hasn't come to dvd or or you know whatever has sentimental value or whatever but those star treks i, I just couldn't justify it you know it was i i had them I mean, they were taking up an entire bookshelf, and it's like, nah, I, I can't, I couldn't justify that much uh -huh. space for something. <laughs> I'm probably never gonna watch again, you know, not not in that format. There's no reason to. So, but yeah, I know what you mean. It's every couple of years, it's like buying the same crap all yeah. over again. So I, I gave up. That. I gave up on it. I'm just sitting around. I just watch it, you know, the computer and your personal devices. That's the future of all that. Mm -hmm. So it's all hard drives and and all of that, which will which will suck if there's ever some sort of electromagnetic pulse or loss of power or something like that. You can't just. But then again, VCR tapes wouldn't have done you any good, you know. <laughs> yeah, so, that's true. Or neither well, plus, would a film actually. So whatever. <laughs> yep. It'll be books. <laughs> Books ain't going away. I know that. I've got a solid wall of books around me. And ain't nothing getting through it. But that's about all I got this month, I think. Me too. Let's see. Next time, if I recall, is a really good one. Let me make double check the book here. Yes. I don't know if you've ever seen this one. Uh, I really like this one. It's called Who Watches the Watchers. Have you seen this one? I don't think so. It's uh, it's kind of a, a a prime directive tale of you know interference with a with a primitive culture, and they come to see 
uh, Picard and the crew. Yeah, you know, Picard and the crew of the Enterprise as gods, essentially. It's it's a good one though. It's it really deals head on with that subject in a way that I, I don't think Kirk era ever really did. You know, Kirk era would you know sometimes get into this the situation, plot element, yeah, yeah, but never really deal with it the, quite the way it's dealt with here. This, as I recall, this one's a really good one. I think you'll enjoy it. But that's all I got. So we'll have uh, next time around our, our comic for Star Trek will be a, uh, a next gen issue. Yes. Looking forward to that. So far, they've been pretty good. Yep. The cool thing about the comics that we're covering uh, on both shows now is that both of them are, are completely original to both of us. I haven't read anything of, of what we'll be tackling. Um, no, me neither. Either one of them, so that, that's kind of neat. As long as it's not more hairy mud. <laughs> I think we're hopefully we're done with hairy mud for a while. I hope God so. God damn hairy mud. You can sponsor an episode of this or any other of your favorite Two True Freaks affiliated shows. Simply click the PayPal link on our website, donate any amount at all, Tell us which show you're choosing and what message, if any, you'd like us to read on your behalf, and you will be an official sponsor of that show's very next episode, with your message read in the show's opener. It's that easy, and there is no minimum donation. Be a show sponsor today. If you shop at Amazon.com, please consider using the link at 2TrueFreaks.com to shop there. If you use this link to go to Amazon and then you shop, Two True Freaks gets a little cut of what you buy and it doesn't cost you anything extra. So you get to shop as usual and help out the Two True Freaks at the same time. Welcome to Amazon. I love you. <laughs> Visit our brand new website at twotruefreaks.com. Two True Freaks is always spelled T-W-O-T-R-U-E-F-R-E-A-K-S. Join our forum at forumforgeeks.com, where you can discuss all of the shows on our feed with us and your fellow listeners. You can find Two True Freaks on Facebook. Just search for Two True Freaks. And hey, you can friend me, Scott Gardner, on Facebook too. My name is spelled S-C-O-T-T-G-A-R-D-N-E-R. You can friend me on Facebook too, if you can find me. Now available... Two True Freaks t-shirts. See our website for details. Two True Freaks is a very proud member of the Comics Podcast Network. You can check that out at www.comicspodcast.com where you can hear our new episodes when we put them up. We are also members of the League of Comic Book Podcasts. For more information, visit comicbooknoise.com league. If you ever leave your house and you actually have friends, why don't you tell them about Two True Freaks? Thanks for listening, and join us every Monday for new episodes of Two True Freaks. We were finally invited aboard one of these spacecraft, which landed near Ann Arbor, Michigan, on October the 24th of 1954. This is a drawing of the craft. As I was leaving the craft, the commander, Soltek, said, Soon others of your people will be able to have an experience similar to this. Me, 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 la, la, la.
I live to see you eat that contract, but I hope you leave enough room for my fist because I'm going to ram it into your stomach and break your goddamn spine! I'll be back. Are you Zarkana? See you at the party, Richter! Fuck you, asshole. Oh, you think you're bad, huh? You're a fucking choir boy compared to me! A choir boy! Get to the chopper! You're one ugly motherfucker. Hasta la vista, baby. Get your ass to Mars! No, it's not a tumor. It's not a tumor. your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Consider this a divorce. Crush your enemies, see them driven before you, and hear the lamentation of the women. I promise not to kill anyone. They live. Milk are for babies. When you get older, you drink beer. First, I'm gonna use you as a human shield. Then I'm gonna break that shield so they can kill the god with it. Then I was thinking about breaking your neck. I do not want to touch his ass. I want to make him talk. I don't do requests. I did nothing. The pavement was his enemy. Stick around. Nice night for a walk. I'm pregnant. I let him go. Chill out, Dickwad. Honey, you shouldn't drink and bake. I eat green rice for breakfast, and I'm very hungry. First, the air is going to heat up in here to 451 degrees. Then your past will explode like a Roman candle. Your socks will ignite, and your fingernails will melt. Let off some steam, Bennett. A freeze is coming. Between your face and my Glock 9mm, I'll take the Glock. Don't disturb my friend. He's dead tired. Crom, I have never prayed to you before. That all pleases you, Crom. Grant me one request. Grant me revenge. And if you do not listen, then to hell with you! Come on, Kohaken! You got what you want? Give these people air! Fuck you, asshole. First, I will turn Gotham into an icy graveyard. Then I will pull Batman's heart from his body and feel it freeze in my hand! The bridge is out! You're not sending me to the cooler. Snakes? Did you say snakes? What the hell are you? You know I am. I'm the famous comedian, Arnold Braunschweiger. Come with me if you want to live. Schwarzenegger! Gesundheit! 